Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Remember to join us tomorrow in Ann Arbor at 6 p.m. at the uh, Public Library in downtown at the Ann Arbor District Library, 6.30 p.m. That's right, not 6 p.m. Uh, for the first in-person event for our Detroit Today Summer Book Club. We are reading the book Evicted by Matthew Desmond and talking about housing insecurity issues here in southeast Michigan, talking about how they impact lots and lots of people in our community. Uh, it's going to be a really interesting conversation. We're going to talk about affordable housing in the city of Ann Arbor. Think of how expensive it is uh, to live in Washtenaw County right now. They are really struggling with affordability issues there. Uh, you can join us there. You can also go to WDET.org and see the full list of events that we are hosting this summer as part of the Summer Book Club. And you can, if you have to miss tomorrow's event, you can maybe make one of the others. You can also go to Facebook and search for Detroit Today Summer Book Club and join us online as we discuss both the book and uh, housing security issues around the region. So uh, we will see you tomorrow and uh, in Ann Arbor and later in lots of other places around the region. Up first today in the controversy over Line 5, the oil and gas pipeline that runs under the Straits of Mackinac, the people of the state of Michigan are supposed to have two advocates who are uncompromised. That would be the state attorney general, Bill Schuette, and the governor, Rick Snyder. But newly discovered documents suggest maybe that's not exactly the case. An investigation between the Michigan Campaign Finance Network and Bridge Magazine reveals close coordination between Snyder's office and Enbridge, the company that owns the pipeline. The investigation shows that lobbyists and officials who have direct relationships to Enbridge offered extensive input about the fate of the line as negotiations took place between state government and Enbridge. And it happened more than once. Joining us now to talk more about this is Craig Mauger. He is the executive director of the Michigan Campaign Finance Network. Craig, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Also with us is Jim Malowitz. He's a reporter at Bridge Magazine. Jim, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey there. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about when you discovered this coordination between the governor's office and Enbridge and give us an idea of what that coordination looks like. Well, we did a Freedom of Information Act request that allows us to get uh, state documents, and, and we got more than 5,000 state documents and started digging through them and found numerous examples, uh, and, and through other means, I should say, of, of talking to sources, we found numerous examples of you know, the state working with either people tied to Enbridge or outside lobbyists, uh, working with them very closely in, in their deliberations over the future of Line 5. And, and one example is um, the state made an announcement in November that they had reached this uh, agreement with Enbridge. And in the press release, uh, Governor Snyder said, um, you know, business as usual with Enbridge is no longer acceptable. And, and we found in these documents that the state had run that announcement by Enbridge a couple days earlier and even sent Enbridge um, uh, the state talking points for, for releasing that, that announcement. Yeah. Uh, and this, this coordination involves, according to the story, 
two names that are pretty familiar to people who have paid attention to uh, uh, Michigan politics for a while. The Muchmores, Dennis Muchmore, who uh, was the governor's chief of staff for a long time, and Deb Muchmore, who is his wife, uh, who works for Enbridge. Talk about how this coordination sort of unfolded. Um, well, well, Deb is one of the lobbyists who has been hired by Enbridge to make their case to the state. She works for a multi-client lobbying firm, um, and Enbridge is one, one of the people who hires this firm to represent them. Her husband, Dennis, used to be Governor Snyder's chief of staff. And in the past, there has been reporting that has kind of shown her, uh, you know, working closely with the Snyder administration. And in this case, she again is, uh, you know, a lot of the emails from Enbridge's side come came through her, it seemed, and 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 she was working pretty closely with the state, which which may not be surprising because she is, the, you know, being hired to lobby for Enbridge. Yeah. Uh, Jim Malowitz, talk about that kind of coordination. Now, I mean, the idea that government officials might talk with corporate officials while they're mm-hmm. negotiating business deals, is that terribly unusual? What's the red flag, I guess, that, that we might see in all of this? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, on, on the one hand, you have uh, the government deciding the fate of a pipeline that uh, Enbridge operates. So maybe it's not surprising that there'd be some sort of coordination, um, even or, or excuse me, uh, some sort of communication, um, even even a lot of it. Um, but, uh, you know, in talking to people who have uh, been at the DEQ um, in the past, um, uh, they were saying, um, so for, for instance, the uh, Deb much more um, email um, uh uh, the the press release that, that that was shared early with Deb Munchmore, maybe that's not um, too surprising that the Enbridge would get an early heads up that a state announcement was coming. Um, but uh, people that used to work at the DEQ said um, it was a little bit little bit eyebrow raising to get the, the the talking points. And there's even some language in the emails um, um, suggesting um, you know if you have anything um, that uh, you might want to see changed, um, let us know. So, um, so some of the language was, was a little bit unusual, but but it is um, kind of a fine line sometimes um, when you're talking about. Uh, the state taking enforcement action um, against um, a company. It's just that there there definitely w- were some things in here that uh, people in the past had said um, could be unusual. Yeah. Um, uh, Snyder has been really critical of Line 5. And as as you say in the story, you know, this is somebody who said business as usual is just not going to cut it here. Uh, is this news, is this sort of revelation of this coordination, is this a reason to be skeptical about how genuine the governor was being in 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 saying that? Is there a reason for people to worry that his advocacy is not 100 percent focused on public interest and and what happens to people in the state and is maybe compromised by this corporate influence? I, I would say that people should always be skeptical of what their government is telling them in any situation. <laughs> you know that old saying in, in journalism is if your mom tells you she loves you, check it out. Um, I think that applies in, in, in every in every situation when, when the government is saying in press releases, you know, saying one thing, I mean, I think it's always good to check into it. And that's that's kind of what led in, led to this this project is we wanted to check out what was the state saying behind the scenes on this. And, and some of the findings that people can find in the story even surprised people on the uh, state's pipeline safety advisory board who who felt like they had been locked out on, on some of these decisions. And they were surprised at how closely the state was working with Enbridge. 
And and Craig, talk about the the sort of greater context here of transparency in Michigan. We've talked about that before on the program with you. Mm-hmm. We've talked uh, about how hard it is for people to know what the influences are on uh, their elected officials. How hard it is to figure out what kinds of in what kinds of inputs they might be getting from uh, from corporations or or lobbyists. Yeah, for sure. I mean, th- this is one of the ways that we were able to get documents because we FOIA documents within the Department of Environmental Quality, the DEQ. If we wanted to see exactly how uh, Governor Snyder's team, the people who work in the governor's office, were communicating with DEQ, I mean, communicating with Enbridge, excuse me, their emails between Enbridge and the governor's office would not be accessible in Michigan mm-hmm. because we cannot FOIA the governor's office. They're exempt from FOIA. Mm-hmm. We cannot FOIA the legislature to see what communications Enbridge's representatives might be having with the legislature because Michigan is one of just a couple states that exempt both the legislature and the governor's office from the Freedom of Information Act. So the documents we were able to get 5,000 are likely just a piece of the overall, um, you know, communications about about this line five that that, that are out there. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, glad that you are with us listening. Uh, my guests are Craig Mauger, executive director of the Michigan Campaign Finance Network. Also with us is Jim Malowitz, reporter at Bridge Magazine. We are talking about Enbridge's Line 5 underneath the Straits of Mackinac, a new reporting that shows that Governor Rick Snyder and other officials in his office are coordinating, uh, in some cases, with the narrative about Line 5 and what should happen to it. They are taking input, uh, giving input uh, uh, to people outside the government, people who work for Enbridge, in some of the planning and discussion that takes place about what the future of the pipeline ought to look like. Uh, If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Uh, Do you feel like government officials are willing or able to protect the Great Lakes or the environment generally? Tell us why or why not. Tell us if you think maybe the governor and even Attorney General Bill Schuette, who's somebody else who has some authority over what happens to Line 5, do you feel like they are doing what they should be doing? Are they advocating for the people and the environment, or are they somewhat compromised by close ties they might have to the corporate world and Enbridge in particular? Does Do the people of the state of Michigan have the right advocacy on their behalf on this issue. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will work you into the conversation. Uh, Jim Malowitz, I'm curious, what reaction have you gotten from Governor Snyder and Enbridge about uh, these stories? Um, really, they've, they've tried to kind of downplay um, um, the, the, the overall um, suggestion that um, they have been, that, that Enbridge has um, pushing uh, Snyder's office to take any certain type of action. Um, we, we asked them a lot of individual questions as we were um, sifting through the, the emails and other documents that, that we um, uh, drew on for the story. And, and to some extent, they, they, they answered them. Um, but the, the overall line from Snyder's office is that, um, um, this is, you know, no big deal that, that uh, this is Enbridge's pipeline. Of course, we're going to communicate and uh, that this is uh, more or less business as, as usual, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I, 
I would ahead. say that there, there, there are two systemic things in this as well. That, I mean, the state is in a very difficult position. One of them is that there are only so many experts that have experience and have the, the credentials to do the analysis of a pipeline like Line 5. So one of the problems the state's running into, and we, we uh, draw this out in the story, is that a lot of the people they're hiring or working with to analyze the safety of Line 5 have some connection to Enbridge. And this is just something that there aren't a lot of people who don't have a connection to Enbridge that they could potentially hire. So they're in a difficult position there. Another reason they're in a difficult position is the expertise that's the the information that they need to get about what's going on with Line 5, they're pretty much dependent on Enbridge to provide that information. Mm -hmm. And they have to go to Enbridge and ask for, can you give us this piece of information? Can you give us this piece of information? And Enbridge provides it. So there, there's this necessity of the state having to work with Enbridge to get the information, to analyze, uh, to make a decision of what to do about this pipeline. Yeah. Uh, what about the role that Bill Shoot plays here as well. I mean, he, he does have some authority uh, over how this this unfolds. Is there the same sense that we don't exactly know what his influences are, that we don't know who may be in his ear or how closely he may be working with uh, with Enbridge on on this this whole issue? Well, that, that's a good question, and, and, and of course, um, um, Bill Schutte does have that authority because um, this is um, this pipeline runs across a state easement, uh, meaning that the, the state does have some sort of legal leverage to to ensure that Enbridge is is holding up its end of the the bargain uh, mm -hmm. signed in the 1950s. Um, we we honestly don't know as much um, specifically about what Bill Schutte's office um, is saying to Enbridge or what Enbridge is saying um, to his office, and that's because um, in the emails we obtained, um, there were a whole lot of redactions. And um, uh, the redactions fell um, heavily on, on communications that were from his office as well. Mm. Um, there are different exemptions um, in, in the FOIA Act for, for um, uh, conversations about, about legal issues and, and uh, to make sure to maintain attorney-client privilege. So we don't have as much of the, of the story when it comes to, to those interactions. Yeah, uh, We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about the questionable messaging from the Snyder administration uncovered by Bridge Magazine and the Michigan Campaign Finance Network. Stay with us and stay with us on the phones. Tell us what you think about Line 5. Ought it be closed? Are Governor Snyder and Bill Schutte the right people to be making the decision about the future of that line? Or do we need people who are more advocates for the people and the environment? 313-577-1019 is always that number on the phones. Also, don't forget, if you have to miss any of today's conversation, you can go to iTunes, wherever you download podcasts. Download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Again, remember that tomorrow, July 17th at 6.30 p.m. at the Downtown Library, Public District Library in uh, Ann Arbor, we are going to have a live event uh, to discuss our Detroit Today Summer Book Club, Evicted, the book by Matthew Desmond. We're using it to talk this summer about Issues of Housing Insecurity here in Southeast Michigan. That book is about how evictions in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 
drive poverty in that community. We're talking about how other housing issues drive poverty here in southeast Michigan. In Ann Arbor, we are going to talk a lot about affordable housing in that community, in Washtenaw County and Ann Arbor in particular, 6 p.m. tomorrow, July 17th. You can also go to WDET.org, find out about the other events that we are having around the community this summer to talk about evicted and housing insecurity. You can also go to Facebook and find the Detroit Today Summer Book Club. Join and talk to us about uh, evicted and housing insecurity. So all summer, that is a subject that we are focusing on quite a bit here on Detroit Today. My guests right now are Craig Mogger, who is the executive director of the Michigan Campaign Finance Network, and Jim Malowitz, who is a reporter at Bridge Magazine. We are talking about Line 5, the line oil and gas pipeline that runs underneath the Straits of Mackinac. Lots of discussion over the last couple of years about what the future of that line ought to look like, whether it should be shut down, whether there is another way to get oil and gas between uh, North America, the northern reaches of North America, and uh, the United States. Uh, we want to talk to you about what you think about Line 5. Uh, what do you think sh- the future should look like there? And are you worried about whether Governor Snyder and Attorney General Bill Schuette are the right advocates to deal with this line, to sort of assert the people's case for what the future ought to look like. Bridge Magazine and the Michigan Campaign Finance Network recently discovered documents that suggest there is a lot of crosstalk going on between the administration of Governor Rick Snyder and Enbridge officials uh, as they craft policy. Is that okay? Is that the way this always works? Uh, is it the way it should work? Or should the governor be thinking about the people and not so much about the corporate interest. As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we will work you into the conversation. Let's go to Lawrence in Gross Point. Lawrence, welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, thank you, and good morning. Sure. Um, I've been reading a lot about the Enbridge Pipeline as I happen to be running for a political office. Um, and the question I hear in the conversation, by the way, I want to call my Bridge Magazine. I've been reading a lot of their critical analysis of the government, and that's a whole different conversation. But in terms of Enbridge, um, the issue is credibility. Why don't they get the Army Corps of Engineers, whom I served with during my military duty, to get their divers to go down and do their own independent analysis instead of relying on Enbridge? Hmm seems like an easy solution to a simple credibility issue. Hmm. Lawrence, uh, thanks very much for the call. Great question. Uh, Jim Malowitz, uh, what do they say about the way that this is being assessed, the the trust that they are putting into Enbridge to tell the truth about what the condition of that line is? Uh, We did recently learn that there was a mishap with an anchor, a boat anchor that got dragged and snagged on part of the line. Again, we knew that because Enbridge told us. Why Why isn't there an independent sort of analysis that takes place about what's going on here? 
Yeah, sure. That's a good question. And, and um, um, it, it is correct that uh, we, we are still um, primarily relying on what, what Enbridge is, is telling us. Uh, at the same time, uh, Governor Snyder you know, publicly has said um, the state's doing its best to, to remain independent. And so um, in the um, study, for instance, that um, came out recently um, in which Enbridge looked at the feasibility for um, replacing that section of pipeline and uh, with a new one that would be buried, for instance, um, uh, that that was Enbridge's research, um, but uh, Governor Snyder had hired a pair of um, outside experts who were supposedly watching um, that research take place. So we don't we don't, we haven't really heard much from them in particular, but but we do know that there was that layer um, of of experts that that were hired. We just don't um, don't know quite, quite quite more than that. Right, <laughs> and give us an idea of where they are in the the sort of narrative of making a final decision about what should should happen here. Is that something that's coming soon? Is that something that, that we still are going to wait some time to hear about? Uh, well, very soon. Um, uh, Governor Snyder has said that he's going to make a decision in August. Um, so we're really at the tail end of the process um, after um, Enbridge delivered all of these studies that it was required to do. Um, it looks pretty likely that um, the, the governor... Um, favors um, this idea of, of a line five section that's um, of replacing line five with a new section beneath the straits that's buried a uh, hundred miles below the lake lake bed. This um, tunnel, tunnel idea, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And and are, are people? I mean, is that is that something that environmentalists will will think is a, a credible solution to this problem, or is that likely to run into opposition as well? Um, generally, environmentalists are not big fans of this idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, number one, it's it's um, expensive. Um, it, it's um, estimated to cost about five hundred million dollars to do over um, up to six years. Um, but environmentalists generally think that the uh, pipeline um, isn't good for for Michiganders because um, Canadians get the um, um, mo- most of the oil um, from it, at least. Um, um, the oil that's tapped directly from it. So environmentalists are, are, are just not fans of the pipeline in general and, and would like to see a shutdown, which which seems very unlikely. And of course, Enbridge says that this pipeline is critical to its um, uh, delivery of um, uh, oil and gas throughout North America. Yeah. Uh, again, Lawrence, thanks very much for the call and the question. Let's go to John on the east side. John, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks for taking my call. I thought I'd share an experience we had uh, on the uh, Lower East Side here. So I'm south of Jefferson, right at Chalmers area, and we have a series of canals at about three miles called the Fox Creek. And back in 1910, the city annexed this, what was called the Village of Fairview, and part of the reason was for the Village of Fairview dumping raw sewage into the Fox Connor Creeks and and ultimately into the Detroit River. City of Detroit acquired this property in the 1910 and continued to dump tens of millions of gallons of raw sewage into the Fox Creek. So in the 90s, we got tired of it, and we formed a class action suit and sued. This, the, well, for, for starters, the community development group sued the state of Michigan because they continued to permit this discharge of of millions of gallons of raw sewage into the creek. And so I guess the story is is that, uh, no, we don't trust the state and the regulations and all. They don't, they're, they're, they're all about the big picture, the, the little picture, and that's the big picture. So, huh. uh, and then finally, so, after so, we got the state 
we 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 stopped the state. Well, no, we couldn't stop the state. Then we we actually filed a class action lawsuit and sued all the entities that were dumping into the into the river. And so, so John, do you feel like that's the kind of action it's going to take to to deal with with Enbridge? In other words, that you're not going to be able to count on the officials who are in place to to deal with it uh, the way that they should. Uh, what happened in Flint? Great, great. Okay, uh, yeah. that's my answer. Yeah. No, I don't trust the state. John, thanks very much. Uh, for, thank you for uh, this, and thank you, Bridge. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, you know, Craig Mogger, uh, I, I want to follow up with that that issue of trust and uh, how much we trust state government to do what it's supposed to do. As John points out, there, Flint is not a great example. There are some others where they have let us down. But again, it's the context in which they operate that I think lends itself a little to this distrust, some of the lack of transparency, some of the lack of uh, accountability that we have built into campaign finance laws in this state. They, they make it easy to believe that, well, this is not really about us. It's about something else. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great, uh, great point. I mean, we are ranked 50th out of all 50 states when it comes to transparency and uh, accountability. So the fact that, you know, that there is some distrust is not surprising. I mean, we're 50th out of every state Mm -hmm. when it comes to these metrics. That's going to breed distrust in itself. On the point about bringing up Flint, one of the stories that we wrote kind of had a tie into Flint where there was a lot of criticism in the state's handling of Flint, particularly its communications with the public about it. And the guy, the gentleman who was the PR person for the Department of Environmental Quality, went on to work for the lobbying firm that is now lobbying on behalf of Enbridge. And we Mm -hmm. also found, just kind of randomly in all of this, that they had hired this firm, and particularly him, Brad Werfel, the state had, to do media trainings for the Department of Agriculture just this year. Hmm. And, and that was one of the pieces that we, that we wrote. So even though the state had a task force that had criticized the communications on Flint, they had hired this gentleman to come and do media trainings, which is just a fascinating thing that we found. Yeah. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is always the number on the phones. Let's go to Joanne in Plymouth. Joanne, welcome to Detroit Today. Oh, hi. Um, yes, I certainly agree with everybody on what their comments were. And I happen to be um, looking for jobs and policy, so I set, happened to get a feed that said they were looking for somebody at Enbridge. And if you read the job description, it said very clearly they plan to take advantage of the state. They want an in at the state so they can use the state for their purposes, and which they're actually doing at this point because they've got all kinds of lines running around the straight state. And none of the goods from that come to our state. They go to other places. And it is such a risk to the state that that's very disturbing. Hmm. Uh, Joanne, uh, again, thanks very much. For the call and the comments, uh, Jim Malowitz, is there a suggestion that that there's a fix in here? Uh, Like Joanne says, that the the idea that Enbridge wants to take advantage of the people of Michigan and is not being terribly coy about that. Does the reporting lead us to that kind of conclusion? Um, I, I would say that's uh, going a, a little bit too far. Um, basically, our reporting, uh, in, in our reporting, we do our best job to um, just show what's going on behind the scenes um, to, to the greatest extent that we can. And it's kind of up for, for readers to decide whether that's um, something that they that they like. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we don't have, um, 
uh, our reporting didn't necessarily have a smoking gun in which um, an Enbridge lobbyist said, do this, and the state did that. Um, but uh, basically, we just tried to piece everything together that we could to, to, to paint that picture of what's going on. Yeah. Okay, Craig Mauger, executive director of the Michigan Campaign Finance Network, Jim Malowitz, reporter at Bridge Magazine. Thanks very much for being here with us on Detroit Today. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks. Up next, we're going to talk to a member of the modern Whig Party, which wants a third and different option in our two-party system. Think of how often you go to the polls and are not happy with the choices you have. Should we have a third credible alternative. We're going to talk about it next. Stay with us on Detroit Today.